1: If you have or have ever had kids in school, I'm going to make an assumption. I'm going to make an assumption that you would like your school to spend the taxpayer money, the state funding, and other dollars that it gets. I would assume you would want them to spend it wisely. I would assume you would want them to not spend it against you and your wishes. That seems like a pretty self-evident assumption, uh, but it is not shared by the public schools out there. Because the public schools are fighting against universal school choice in the state of Ohio. And they are fighting ardently. They are hiring attorneys. They are suing in court to stop the expansion of Ed choice scholarships, which benefit low-income students. And they are fighting against any expansion of school choice, not because it would take $1 away from them. As it is currently proposed, it would not take one dollar away from them, but they are concerned that someday it might take a dollar away from them. And so they are suing to stop it. And it seemed a reasonable request to me and apparently to State Senate President Matt Huffman and to State Auditor Keith Faber to say, "Okay, Columbus, Cleveland, Dayton, Cincinnati. There's like. 60 districts in the state of Ohio of 611 that are suing against school choice. They're hiring attorneys. Where are they getting that money? Well, schools don't sell anything appreciable to their budget. I mean, they might sell a few t-shirts or something like that. But the vast, vast, vast share of their money comes from, from you. You're a taxpayer. You pay state income tax. You pay federal income tax. They get money from... The government. Schools do. So it would seem that if they're getting money from the public and they're spending money to sue against an initiative that the public, in polls, overwhelmingly supports, universal school choice or an expansion of ed choice or just generally options for educating your kids, well, it seems a reasonable request by State Senate President Matt Huffman to make to say, hey, Columbus City Schools, How much money are you spending on attorneys to fight against school choice in Ohio? He didn't just make the request of Columbus City Schools, but he made the request of every school district that is part of the lawsuit against the expansion of school choice. Can you guess how the schools processed that request? Uh, I know, not well. No, it was not well. Now, what do Democrats do when something happens that threatens their preferred course of action. Uh, They protest, yes, but they do more than that. They shriek and they shout and they exaggerate and they lie. So it will not surprise you that the response from the attorneys of the major urban school districts in Ohio fighting against school choice, well, it went a little past a rational response. They sent a letter to the Ohio Attorney General, Dave Yost, saying that the attempt, and any attempt, for them to have to list how much money they're contributing to this lawsuit against school choice in Ohio was, and I quote, contemptuous and criminal behavior. Criminal? It's criminal for Matt Huffman, state senate president, and... Keith Faber, state auditor, it's criminal to ask schools, hey, how much money you're spending on this lawsuit against what parents in Ohio want? If that's criminal, I would like for them to cite the section of the Ohio revised code. Give me the law that they're violating. You know what it seems to me like? It's not criminal. It seems to me like it's an effort to insist on accountability. Hey, the state's giving you money. The federal government's giving you money. Taxpayers are giving you money. How are you spending it? Because after all, I said the other day, Columbus City Schools, their budget's like over a billion dollars, yet they're 300 and some million short in their budget. Well, how much are you spending on the lawsuit? Because that's money you could spend on, you know, the students. Uh, this response, this vitriolic, it seems like AOC responding to this. There can be no possible explanation of this appalling document other than to intimidate and threaten the more than 100 school districts who are paying for the persecu- a prosecution of the school voucher challenge, persecution too. Uh, so what are they going to do? Besides howling and complaining, they are, of course, demanding. They're Democrats, of course. The letter from their attorney to the Ohio Attorney General's office says, if this effort is not only stopped immediately, but a message withdrawing and apologizing for this attempt to intimidate the school districts exercising their right to help pay for this litigation is not sent today. I will file a motion to have the state of Ohio held in contempt with the court. Good luck on that. Good luck on that motion with a conservative majority on the Ohio State Supreme Court. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, Keith Faber's office on May the 22nd sent letters to a 1,000 physical officers so the people who control the purse strings at public schools and educational service centers and community schools across ohio it asked them to produce by june the second a showing of how much money they've spent on lawsuits challenging the constitutionality of laws passed by the general assembly so that's what the public schools are claiming that the expansion of school choice is unconstitutional it's unconstitutional to offer school choice Mm. is it Uh, The state auditor's office is sort of laughing at this, as they should. Spokesman for the auditor's office, Mark Kovac, said, If the districts want to follow the misguided legal advice and refuse to respond to our short survey, we will formally request the information. Auditor Faber is doing his job and attempting to shine light on and provide a level of transparency about the use of taxpayer money. (laughs) I remember when Joe Biden got elected, he promised to be the most transparent president ever. Apparently the school districts fighting school choice do not share. His promise to be transparent. He hasn't delivered on that promise, of course. Maybe they're saying, we didn't promise that. We're not going to be held to that. You know, they deem Matt Huffman, the state Senate president, asking these questions to be, and I quote, retaliation in the purest form. (laughs) And an abuse of power. I think that's Matt Huffman kind of doing his job, isn't it? Isn't it Matt Huffman's job as a state senator to be sure that no money's wasted in the state of Ohio? I mean, he's kind of an important guy as the president of the Ohio Senate. Shockingly enough, that's what Matt Huffman's office responded. This is public information anybody can ask for. Yeah, it is. It is. So this is how you know you are getting to a lib. By how loud they scream, right? By how loud they scream. Whether it is on a federal level, excuse me, on a state level, like this is, or whether it's on a federal level. We got a big debt ceiling fight going on right now in Congress. Biden wants to spend money. He doesn't want anybody telling him how much money he can spend. Republicans in the House are like, hey, we got inflation. Did you notice we got inflation? We got to spend less. Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans got a deal passed to curb spending just a little bit. And Joe Biden has protested. His press secretary has protested. uh, And Pramila Jayapal, one of the leaders of the squad in Congress, is also protesting. Listen to how she says she knows that all this debt ceiling hoo-ha is the Republicans' fault, and specifically Kevin McCarthy's fault.
2: Did you, did you hear Kevin McCarthy's um, press conference this morning? He said multiple times that he's not to blame. That means he knows he's to blame. Mm-hmm. If you have to say it that many times, you're to blame.
1: Oh, really? The number of times you say you're not to blame indicates who's to blame. Well, gee, uh, Joe Biden says all the time he's not to blame. He's not to blame for the border. He's not to blame for inflation. He's not to blame for gas prices. He's not to blame for Afghanistan. He's not to blame for anything. The buck stops there, is what Joe Biden says all the time. So is that like a code? Is dog whistle? As the Democrats say, if you say, "I'm not to blame," it's not my fault. You are to blame. I think maybe Jaya Paul's onto something there, at least as it pertains as it pertains to Joe Biden. Oh, own the libs. It really, really, really isn't that hard. Just hold them to their own words, and they don't fare well in that comparison. So, James Comer, head of House Oversight, has been quiet lately. Uh, His big blockbuster press conference—I lose track. Was that early last week? Seems like a while back. Democrats keep saying, oh, there's no evidence that Joe Biden— used his name or surrogates, Hunter Biden, others in the Biden family, benefited from Joe Biden influence peddling. <laughs> then there were the whistleblowers, the FBI whistleblowers who came forward and the Dems shunted that aside. And then there was an IRS whistleblower. And all of a sudden, oh, you're not investigating Hunter Biden anymore. And then there's a second IRS whistleblower, a report of a second IRS whistleblower. And, you know, I figured well, I'll move him aside, too, because and he'll go on some conservative media site and make his allegations and they'll be like ah oh, sure fox news ah daily wire right right well there is a second IRS whistleblower and he did not go on fox news in fact uh yesterday he went on cbs news now this is a, a narrative breaker uh here is how that cbs news report
3: began. In his first public interview, the IRS agent told us he believes there was preferential treatment in this high-profile case, something senior Biden officials had said wouldn't happen.
2: When I took control of this particular investigation, I immediately saw it, you know, it was way outside the norm of what, what I've uh, experienced in the past.
3: Gary Shapley is a supervisory special agent for the IRS, where he's worked for 14 years. In January 2020, He was assigned to what he calls a high-profile investigation. Who's the subject of the investigation?
2: I can't confirm or deny the the subject of this investigation. Why not? Because, you know, part of the tax secrecy laws don't allow it. Shapley can't say it, but
3: CBS News has learned the investigation was the probe of Hunter Biden by the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney in Delaware. Senior Biden administration officials have vowed to let it run its course without interference.
1: It's not restricted in his
3: investigation in any way. But CBS News has obtained this letter Shapley's lawyers sent to Congress Monday alleging irregularities in DOJ's handling of the investigation. Shapley is seeking legal protections from Congress so he can share
2: specifics of his allegations. There was multiple steps that were, were slow-walked at the uh, direction of the of Department of Justice. Had you ever encountered that before? I have not, no these deviations from normal process and and each and every time it seemed to, to always benefit the subject.
1: Hmm. Wasn't that interesting? Always seemed to benefit the subject. The subject would be of course, Hunter Biden. There is so much smoke because there's so much fire because there's so much wrongdoing. What is the Biden family business? Again, I'll ask just a simple question. The same question. James Comer asked, they're getting paid all this money. What is their business? Oh, Hunter Biden's an energy whiz. Is he really an energy whiz, Hunter Biden? How do you become an energy whiz? What do you go to, Carnegie Mellon? Or you go to some other great engineering school? Or or you can snort cocaine off a hooker's belly. That's how Hunter Biden became an energy expert. Actually, he became an energy expert or an expert in anything else that he could use to enrich himself and others in the family. Just by being born a Biden. Here's another part of the CBS News report on IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley.
3: Shapley says he decided to blow the whistle after a heated meeting last October with federal prosecutors.
2: That was my red line meeting. It just got to that point where that switch was uh, was turned on and I just couldn't silence my conscience anymore.
3: Did you let prosecutors know you were unhappy? I don't think I can answer that. Hunter Biden has denied any wrongdoing. Like civil servants. The IRS agent told us he is a registered Republican. His whistleblowing whistleblowing is being assisted by an advocacy group with past ties to the the, the GOP. But Shapley says this is not about politics.
2: Why do you want to navigate these waters? I don't want to do any of this. I took an oath of office, and when I saw the egregiousness of some of these things, it no longer became a choice for me. It's not something that... I want to do something that I feel like I
1: have to do. So interesting, interesting, interesting. We'll see where it goes. It's interesting that it happened on CBS because I don't think anybody can reasonably make the case that CBS is uh, in the bag for conservatives going after Hunter Biden. Nope, can't make that case, not given what they usually don't report regarding this administration's lies on the border and everywhere else. Now, we had a development yesterday here in Columbus in a case that um, people in town are trying to turn into something that it is not. They are trying to turn into another George Floyd-type case. The very tragic, yet... It's hard to even say the word, but it is a justifiable shooting of 13-year-old Sinze Reed. He was shot and killed in October, confrontation with since they Reed was black with a white man by the name of Krieg Butler since a Reed's family understandably grief-stricken has been asking for the indictment of Krieg Butler on murder charges he was originally charged with murder then he was not they dropped the charges and there have been precious few details about this that have come out I have through my conversations with members of the Columbus Police Department, known details that, for the first time yesterday, the Franklin County Prosecutor's Office finally put on the record. I don't understand why the Franklin County Prosecutor's Office allows itself in this case. There are no cops that could be unfairly accused in this. I don't understand why the Franklin County Prosecutor's Office wouldn't come out with more details initially to tamp down civil unrest But finally, yesterday, they said what I've been told months ago, and that is that Sinze Reed was shot because he also had a gun and shot at Krieg Butler. How How did there get to be bullet holes in Krieg Butler's truck? Where was the gun? No gun was found. We kept hearing, no gun was found, no gun was found, no gun was found. I knew why no gun was found. You didn't know because I couldn't tell you without putting at risk some of the people that I was talking with in the Columbus Police Department, but the fact of the matter was that there was someone there who picked up the gun that Cinze Reed had and used and took the gun before Columbus Police arrived on the scene. This is something that Franklin County Assistant Prosecutor David Zayan said yesterday during Krieg Butler's arraignment. Why is Krieg Butler being arraigned? He's charged with two felonies. They're low-grade felonies. Uh, Krieg Butler could not carry, legally, a loaded firearm in his vehicle because he had been convicted in 2010 of a fifth-degree felony, and he also... I get it, understandably panicked because he shot and killed a 13-year-old boy who was also trying to shoot him. He did not tell police, Krieg Butler did not tell police initially where to find his gun. Now the Reed family, spokesman for the Reed family, continues to stand on the thin wire that, well, there was no gun ever found, so Sinze Reed didn't have a gun. And now, unfortunately, they're going down the road of its racial and I hope cooler heads prevail on this. Ask yourself the question. In Columbus, Ohio, would they hesitate to indict someone for killing a youth if they had ample justification and evidence to do so? Of course not. We'll chat with Matt Mayer, Opportunity Ohio, next.